Hey, 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 everybody. Today for your podcast number 54, today's podcast is titled Limitless Zone Living. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Lombardi, and along with me again is the lovely Sandy Lombardi, my beautiful wife, who's decided to join us once again, gracing us with her presence. Thank goodness. (laughs) Uh, She keeps me straight, that's for sure. Um, Anyway, this is the Limitless Life Network podcast where we flesh out the limitations that are preventing you from reaching your goals and living the life that you were called to lead. And uh, I want to take a moment to uh, just really thank everybody for listening, taking the time out of your day to do so, uh, as well as, you know, I had some people reach out to me last week and and uh, just shared their takeaways and their comments and their gratitude. And, uh, you know, that's just really super special to to get that type of feedback. So, Really, really excited about that, and uh, you know, be be sure to like, follow, share, subscribe, all those, all those uh, internet savvy things to do. It actually helps the algorithm, and this gets uh, put out to more people. So, yeah. Anyway, on with the show. Uh, today's show uh, is titled "Limitless Own Living," which I've mentioned a couple times already. <laughs> and uh, there is a backstory, so I have a backstory. It's nothing earth-shattering, but it—I uh, got to tell you where we got the title from. Um, last week, one of my practice members was in in the office, and she was—I uh, think my first patient on Friday that I was seeing um, for Softwave, and she said. Her, she at first asked me, do you and your wife, do you guys ever watch Netflix? And I said, yeah, we have a Netflix subscription. And um, she said that she and her husband started watching a show that she thought that we would really, really like. And she couldn't quite remember the exact name of it. She's like, but I'll, when I get out to my car, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll, I'll, I'll text it to your office so you know the title of it. And uh, it's titled uh, Living to 100 the secrets of the blue zones. And so if any of you have seen that yet, then you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, uh, you may, if you've liked this podcast, you may find that this is worth checking out. So, um, you know, we both watched an episode of it and uh, we gleaned uh, a few things from it. And I, I, if you're not familiar with the blue zones, were you ever familiar with the blue zones before you saw it? Yeah, from that book we had read, um, hundred year living to a hundred. It talked about that in that book. Yeah. Okay, was it was it living to a hundred or hundred year lifestyle or something like that? Yeah, I can't remember the time. It was years ago. It was hundred something. Yeah, your mm-hmm. mic has got to be a little bit like that. Sorry. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was that one. Um, I can't remember the name of that book exactly either. But anyway, we we've got five. Uh, distinct points for you tonight. And um, the first one is the physical zone. That's what we'll, we'll title point number one, the physical zone. And this has to do with uh, physical activities, movements, and ultimately the physical forces that are applied to your body on a daily basis, um, what doses or intensities. So what were some of the, what were some of the things that you noted 
in the areas where people living into their hundreds and even beyond, what, what were they talking about from a physical standpoint? Do you remember? Well, they were very physically active, gardening and working outside. Um, they had they had to to survive, you know, in order to provide food for their families, and it was very much a physically active environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the other th- the interesting features that was common in in just about every place was that they lived in a place where there was a lot of incline. So just to do a daily activity, they had to walk uphill and walk downhill. And they weren't little grades. They were pretty steep grades. Um, and I, one region was not graded at all, and that was the island of Okinawa. But those people were doing a lot of squatting, um, a lot of gardening. So they were squatting down and, and to garden, but also very few chairs in their homes. They did a lot of sitting on mats and sitting on floors. So they were very used to getting up and down off the floor. So imagine your whole life not having a chair uh, or the majority of your life not really sitting on a bench or a bed, or, but you would, you would eat dinner sitting on a mat and with your legs crossed. And that's, so they have tremendous hip flexibility. Mm-hmm. Mobility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was... That was huge. Was was just keeping mobile in that the squatting position, and I, and I would say from my own experience, that's one of the things that we see that causes disability later in life is the lack of balance when walking, the lack of flexibility in the hips, in the back, in the knees, and the ankles. So the ability to to do a full squat, getting up and down off the floor. That's something that if you're losing that now. You, you really should start working on it because yeah. it's not going to get easier. If you, if you, the longer you neglect it, the more it's going to become a problem for you later. You, you made me think my mom is in her late seventies and, um, we, I don't know how it came up months ago, but, um, I did a squat and she's like, I don't know if I can do that. And so she tried and, um, struggled. She can't keep her feet on the ground to do a squat and she's been doing them and she can, that's an exercise she does every day is squats now. And, just lifting a little bit of weight, but super important as to keep her core strength and her legs. And yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and that's a great testimony to the fact that no matter what your age is, if you apply a consistent effort, you can make improvements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's great. Um, number two, we're going to talk about is the emotional zone. And this is uh, most typically understood in our world as emotional or mental stress. Um, and this has a direct correlation on hormonal health. And how would you describe this as far as what we saw in this documentary, docu-series? You know, what, what did you notice about these people from an emotional standpoint or a stress, stress. standpoint, yeah. emotionally stressed. Did they seem emotionally no, stressed? they seemed very calm, um, happy, a lot of laughter. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, things seemed in perspective, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. So low, low mental stress, they don't seem to carry a lot of worries with them. Um, very, very happy with with the simple things, I guess. Right. It seemed like simplicity um, had a, a great deal of, there was a great deal of value in that simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, 
that has a direct impact on our hormones. If you think about emotional stress and and, and people struggle in in our world and in this culture because of the chronic burden of emotional stress, and that spikes our hormones like insul- like insulin and cortisol and uh, and uh, adrenaline and all of those are stress response hormones that should be just in, for brief moments in a day, but when we have them regularly, it just creates all kinds of uh, a recipe for for problems uh, right. from a from a hormonal standpoint. And I think for women, particularly um, juggling, possibly raising children, um, overseeing a home, managing a job, multitasking and and, um, the amount of stress that that just provides constantly trying to balance schedules and sync schedules. um, I know personally that, you know, I feel like the physical zone, I've got a better grasp on. And I struggle to control that emotional zone because there's so many factors in a family unit that you're trying to um, navigate and um, keep moving and and coordinating. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 very real, and I think people will get a lot. You know, can can relate to that. You know what you're talking about for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, number three is what we term determine the metabolic zone. So the metabolic zone has to do with the metabolic health of our cells. And um, so the real question with this is, what do our cells need to function optimally? And um, and you also have to consider what is damaging to our cellular function. So this is probably where you would insert like nutrition, right? Because um, that's fuel for our cells. Our, our cells need fuel, which is in the form of uh, the nutritional value of things, uh, as well as oxygen delivery, that our cells need oxygen, so fuel, and they also need activation. Believe it or not, they need uh, they need some electrical supply. So, so they need fuel and they need activation. So, oxygen and glucose. So, w- what about that? What did you notice about you know from a nutritional standpoint or a metabolic well, standpoint? Their, their foods were just you know, nothing out of a package. It's all nutrient-dense food that they were primarily growing locally, um, fish they were catching. Um, and one of the communities had an 80-20 rule where they were not eating. They stopped eating before they were full. And, um, you know, I just think we're just so out of sync with that in, in America. Yeah, that, they had actually ha- had a term for that. I don't remember what the word was, but they have a phrase that describes that idea of eating till you're eighty percent full, mm-hmm. um, and in, versus in our culture, it's like eat as much as you can until you're full, and then have dessert, and then have more, and stuff yourself there. Now you're really full there, right? Like, you know, super satisfied, and, and, <laughs> and some people are even. Uh, uh, guilty of being the people that push food, <laughs> push food on other people. Like, hey, you got to finish this. You got to eat this too. We yeah. got one of these left over. Who's going to finish it? Yeah. You know, do we we know somebody in our family like that, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's a super important concept as well. Um, another thing that you know, not only do they locally grow foods, but they they all eat different types of foods. It wasn't like there was any one specific food that was going to be the cure-all, 
but they literally just ate what was, you know, germane to their area. Mm-hmm. And when you think about a metabolic zone as well, um, these blue zones are tend to be closer to the equator. So their growing seasons are much longer and they're getting much more exposure to vitamin D, which our cells need the sun exposure to activate vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was really, really important. Um, you know, one of the things that I noticed too is that you didn't hear any talk about pharmaceuticals. No. You know, these people are not on 13 yeah. prescription medications. Uh, they're not popping lots of vitamins uh, or uh, supplements. You know, the foods that we have in this culture, in our country, are grown, you know, commercially. And in commercial agriculture, you lose a lot of the micronutrients that are in your food. And therefore, we try to constantly make up for that with supplementation. Um, And you kind of have to if you want your body to function at its best, which is kind of a shame. Uh, Or you need to really get your garden super healthy. But in our growing season being as short as it is, it's really hard to eat that way year round. Um, So um, that was metabolic zone. And um, number four is tribal zone. And there's a couple of questions that go with this, and that is who and where do you spend your time? And, uh, you know, it's really like, who, have you found your tribe? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, And your tribe really should be uh, people that lift you up, support you, encourage you, love you. And uh, one of the things that I, I think is super important, and Sandy alluded to it earlier, is is laughter. You know, if if the people that you're hanging around and you find yourselves laughing a lot, then, you know, you're probably in a good place. Yeah. You know, as, as in our culture, we see way, way too many people that are just serious all the time and, and not not a lot of laughter in their day. So kids do it. Kids laugh like crazy. Yeah. They they have a blast. But uh, for some reason, as they get older, they get so serious that they stop stop laughing, and that's not not really good, um, at least not for longevity. Right. So laughter also causes the release of other hormones that are very positive for your health. Um, so point number five is really to lighten the load. That's that's point number five is lighten the load, and this has to do with a concept called allostatic load, and I heard this. Uh, described by uh, Dr. James Chestnut, and um, he described it as the accumulation of stresses that we have every day. So imagine these stresses being like rocks in a backpack that you carry around with you every day. And the more things that you take on in your backpack, the more it weighs you down, the more it drains your energy, and the harder you have to work just to live in a day. And um, and then you go home at night and your backpack is full and you set it down and maybe pick up another backpack called your home life backpack and put that one on. And then you go to bed and I don't even know if you wear your backpack to bed or not, but you might have a bedtime backpack that you put on. But in the morning, be sure to put that other backpack on that was full of rocks from the day before. And that's what we call allostatic load. And that's the accumulation of your chronic stressors that are constantly draining your energy. So the key here is to take rocks out of your backpack and uh, to lighten the load. That's really the metaphor here. 
So it seems like these people um, that live for, you know, over a century uh, have really worked this out, not just from a geographic location where they live, but through just maintaining some great cultural habits uh, that keep their allostatic load really low. And who knows, maybe it's also a genetic link as well. But, uh, you know, I know that genetically we're not as different as we think we are. <laughs> right. And if we can't match or replicate the environment that they're in, we can intentionally empty those backpacks. You know, like we may not be able to be in the environment they're in, close to the equator and all these other, you know, more remote, but we can certainly be disciplined to alleviate that stress and, and to do a lot of these steps right where we're at. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No. Okay, great. That's all we have for this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. Tune in each and every week to stay connected, be inspired, and keep moving toward your best life by stripping away your limitations. We'll see you next week. 